Hey guys, it's Carly. Hey guys, it's Jules, and welcome to Conversing with Brains and Beauty. So as you guys know, this is a platform that is all about supporting teen empowerment in a way. We support activism. We're all It's like a free space just to vent how you feel about certain topics, whether it be daily life, academics, or health, or anything in general. So, you know, you guys, we want to make this as friendly as possible so that everybody's free to talk. If you want to know anything more, you guys can always DM us, check out our Instagram, um, text us on separate platforms, or anything like that, or leave comments for the podcast. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. So hey, everyone, welcome back to a new episode on our podcast. As you know, I'm Carly. And I'm Jules. And today, as we've said, we've been doing a series called Teen Activism. Today, we have a very special guest on this episode. She is the head of a nonprofit organization, somebody we go to school with. So I think you guys have a really good time listening to her. So I'd just like to introduce her. Her name is Melanie Fernandez. Hi, everyone. I'm Melanie. Um, I'm the founder for the Reclaim Movement, which is a nonprofit centered on raising awareness for people struggling with eating disorders. Yeah, so our very first question for you today is like, what made you decide to start an organization like this? Um, I definitely, um, I had my struggles in the past. Um, I developed an eating disorder when I was around 12 years old and it lasted um, until I was like, 13, 14. Then I went to therapy for a while. It took a lot of hard work to get better. It was constant, um, you know, reshaping your mind. I mean, that's what recovery is all about. I mean, you have to dedicate every second you can to rewiring your brain. It was definitely one of the things that I'm most proud of. And after I spent some time, um, I eventually got discharged and I got put into mentoring this girl and that completely changed like my perspective on recovery. I mean, I had helped her, you know, we had a lot of the same struggles in common and all I wanted to do was like really help her as much as I can. I mean, it broke my heart just to see um, anyone go through the same struggles that I faced. And I realized that many of the mental health care systems that we have now yes they're led by professionals I think that's so important to get professional help but for those who um, can't afford professional help or really can't connect to someone um, who's way older than them I think just having that extra support of a mentor is so important so that definitely was one of the main things. And I wanted to provide that for other people. And that was essentially why I decided to find um, the Reclaim movement. Well, that is a great reason. But I, I just want to acknowledge how you mentioned the struggles that you endured. That's a huge thing, especially how open you are about it. You're very open about it. And, you know, I like that. But, you know, we have to acknowledge that that's something that's really hard to move on to that and it's not only physical but it's also mental so what do you say for the mental aspect of your mental health towards eating disorders uh 100 you mentioned the physical trials i mean i had to i had put my body through so much for so long it was like crippling away and i had to work so hard to refuel myself I had to endure like body changes and even those who don't struggle with eating disorders you know seeing your body change could be really really difficult and then you have that mental aspect there's like um one way I describe an eating disorder it's like it's kind of like your brain is split between two people and you have like a hard time interpreting which are your thoughts and which are your eating disorder thoughts and it's kind of just a whole cloud of information you're trying to process it's essentially I've done a lot of research on it and it's just connections that your brain makes while you're in an energy deficit so when you get out of that deficit your body still has those neural connections so your mental response 
just automatically goes to there. It's the same way as you see a stop sign and you know that it's red. Um, so it's all about rewiring that and you have to remember like all of your thoughts thoughts are so important but your thoughts don't always define you because you everyone has those negative thoughts and everyone has that negative perspective sometimes but those aren't really who you are and I think mental work is so important for everyone even people who don't struggle with eating disorders we're like all on our constant journey to becoming our best selves I most definitely agree I see where you're heading with this and I'm just I just have to say that I'm so proud of you that you're able to speak out against yes it's amazing. thank you I definitely um initially when I was first speaking out about this um it was uh it came from there was shame around it there was um you don't look like you have an eating disorder what do you mean you're one of the healthiest people i know and that that stemmed from a ton of misconceptions about eating disorders that i hope we can get into later i mean these are just common thoughts that are like instilled in us almost ingrained in us that like thinness equates health so everyone was really shocked when I started becoming more open about it. But I think that's essentially what motivated me to keep talking about it. I mean, there's so there's just so much that um, people like assume. And that's not the case at all. And I, I just couldn't sleep at night knowing that there was people who still believe that the thinner you are means like, you're healthier, you need to do this extreme thing to love your body, or you, you're not allowed to love your body at every state. And those are complete lies. I mean, you can find so much happiness and so much peace and really accepting yourself, loving, respecting your body. And I definitely just wanted to spread that information to other people through my story. Other people describe how they've gone from rock bottom to becoming their best selves is I mean it's a beautiful process and when I first got into recovery I was I hated it I didn't want to do it felt like I was being forced I was doing it for all the wrong reasons I was um, really resisting it and then when I started recovering for myself I realized how freeing this is like how much I can gain from this so sharing your story, like, I want to let other people know, like, you are not alone. And there is, there is something else. You have a greater purpose than just this. This is not your end. This is not your life story. This is, this isn't it. You know, you have so much growth. You have so much potential. You're, you're going to get there. And I'm going to tell you that you can get there because I've got in there and there are hundreds of other people that can tell you that there's a place you're going to reach where um, it's so much better than where you are now. I mean, that is very, that's very real. And for me specifically, when I met you, I didn't think that, you know, and I know I'm in the wrong for thinking this. But I didn't think that you were the type of person to have gone through an eating disorder. You just seem so positive and such an optimist. Um, that positivity definitely um, came with time. I mean, when I was my um, my my thinnest self, I was um, I was upset at the world. Uh, my brain wasn't functioning. I was cranky. I was mad. I really just had this negative outlook on life. And I feel like it's always going to be something important to me that I continue to live my life um, looking for the positive things. I mean, I had been in the negative for so long that I never want to do that ever again because it brought me absolutely nowhere. And it really only held me back from, you know, becoming the person I am today. And there are always going to be positive things you can See, like, for example, my eating disorder, it, it took away a huge part of my childhood. I know I'm still a child, but, um, you know, it was years worth of friend gatherings and years worth of experiences that for sure would have made me happy. So um, really now I'm 
kind of in the stage where I'm trying to make up for all of it. And I might not ever be able to make up for it by having a positive mindset or going out a lot. And that's completely okay because I've accepted that it's a part of who I am, but I'm not going to let it define me. Like just because I used to be a negative person and had a certain outlook on the world, that doesn't mean that I'm always going to have that outlook. And really the power of reframing your mind towards the positive is so important and so helpful. You know, just listening to your story, it has an impact on me because specifically I've had a lot of um, personal things going on with my mental health um, for the last few years. But, you know, it wasn't an eating disorder, but it was just something very, it was something very specific to myself and my situations at the time. And the fact that I never wanted to talk to anybody about it. I never wanted to let people know what I was going through. And it was so bad to the point where I just started shutting people out of my life. And the fact that you've grown and you've healed from that, and I can see the improvement. And that's just such a good thing. Like, it's a, as you said, it's a beautiful thing. The growth that you've shown and the growth that I see through you as a person, that's amazing. How far you've come, it's really, truly amazing. Thank you. I mean, definitely with um, everyone's personal um, mental health issues, um, the majority of people will struggle with mental health issues at some point of your of their life, whether it be genetics or um, something that happened in their life. And I'm really proud of our society for, you know, making it a thing more um, open to talk about. But, you know, we're still holding on to those ingrained ideals. I mean, like you just said, you didn't want to tell anyone and that definitely comes from years and years of it being rooted in us that our problems are our problems and we just have to deal with them but that is not the case at all it is 100% okay to ask for help it's 100% okay to take care of yourself because really if you're not taking care of yourself there's little impact you can do on other people or little impact you can do in your school and your job and your purpose Whatever you want to be, if you're not taking care of yourself, unfortunately, you're not going to get there. And that's why prioritizing self-care is so, so important. What would you say is, um, what is that extra mile to go to the healing process? Like, what are the, you mentioned self-care. What would you say are the proper steps for um, someone with an eating disorder? I love that question so much. That is um, specifically for people with an eating disorder. Um, I preach intuitiveness for everything. Intuitive eating, your body knows exactly what it wants. Your body knows exactly what it needs. All you have to do is get good at listening to it. And, you know, for most people, it's a very natural thing. For example, my boyfriend has no issues with eating. He feels like having a cookie. He will have a cookie, no problem, and he will move on with his life. For other people who have been more, like, exposed to diet culture and exposed to these ideals that, like, we sh- that isn't allowed, it's a lot more difficult to be in tune with our bodies. So... First step, 100% read the book called Intuitive Eating. That book changed my life. Um, Really focusing on that mind-body connection is so important. And then give yourself unconditional permission to be yourself. And whether it be with eating, with exercise, just unconditional. Not for anyone else, not for your mom, not for your dad, not for anyone, for your future. This is like for you and self-care um honestly I used to get hated on it um a lot because for me um, I do I have to do a lot to maintain my mental health um especially when I'm stressed and especially now during this situation it's um become like a thing that I have to pay extra attention to but one of my the one of the things that I advocate the most for are journals and keeping a journal, journaling, whether it be as messy as brain dumps, 
whether it be morning gratitude prompts. I mean, when you wake up and ask your ask yourself the question, what are you going to do today to help you become a better person? What are you going to do today to help you move towards your goals? Or what didn't you do today? I mean, what don't you want to do today? You just those like self-reflection questions to really get connected to who you are, get connected to your core values, like just reinforces your identity and reinforces the the ideal that you need to be in tune with yourself. What has your organization accomplished so far? We've actually, um, I'm really proud of this. We've, well, for sure, we've had that followers. I mean, we've only been um, really set up for two months. And I would have never expected that we have the support we have now. Um, We're actually being featured in a couple newspapers soon. We are partnering. Wow. Yeah, we are partnering with, um, actually, my old therapist. She has a support group that she started with a couple of psychiatrists. So we're going to actually partner with them and become like a partner organization. We've um, we've actually had our logo put on the side of this um, charity bus. The guy contacted me and he said, I really like your work. I would really love to do this for you. It was um, it was a bus where they go around and give free haircuts to kids around Christmas. I wonder if um, we posted about it during the time, but that was 100% amazing. And that was awesome. I feel like your organization is doing really well considering how you guys just started. And I just want to say that that is such like the pace that you're going through and the accomplishment and there's another thing i want to shoot go ahead i've seen that you guys have um had people open about um their eating disorders like they would talk about it what they went through how they felt and how they dealt with the situation do you guys do like the form of therapy where you would sit down and kind of consult with the person or like try to help them through their current situation is that something that you guys are very passionate about within your organization specifically I mean when I first launched the reclaim movement I was overwhelmed with how many people had dm'd me or messaged me called me emailed me I mean all all forms of contact you can imagine and I was like hey Melanie I've been struggling with this for this amount of time hey Melanie I've never told anyone this before but I've been struggling with this before um and really just that a bunch of people were were trusting me to tell me their story and for them to get it off their chest I was so overwhelmed and so like I couldn't believe that I like people trusted me with this I remember it being a huge thing the first person I told it was like hours of talking and it going in between my head like should I tell them should I and just to get so many people to talk to me I mean I've 100% I was not gonna leave them on red I responded to everyone I talked to most of them now um giving them advice they might ask me like hey I'm not in a really good mental place right now um do you recommend anything these are my thoughts um and I'll give them like reframing strategies that I learned in therapy I mean therapy was I'm so grateful to have a like a professional therapist and really using the information I got from her I try to give it to as many people as possible I think it's so powerful and unfortunately it's restricted So I want to make it unrestricted. I want to tell as many people as I can, like, oh, this is what I did to make me feel better. Try it. I mean, there are thousands of coping mechanisms I can give everyone. So, yeah, we do get that one-on-one with our followers quite often. And we are going to start posting um, survivor stories more frequently just because of how close I've gotten to the people who have come out and shared their story with me. I really like that about your organization. You guys are very open. You're very about what you're very passionate about what you're doing. 
And, you know, I feel like that's not something that a lot of people really care about. Like, I've seen in society where people are on a standpoint where they acknowledge mental health, but they don't really take into consideration the people and the mindset that goes through someone suffering from something like an eating disorder. And, you know, I just want to say that the fact that you guys take your time to talk to your um, supporters or um, your followers individually and hear out these people's survivor stories, that's kind of a form of coping mechanism for them. Yeah, right? I mean, we talking. actually, um, are for our mentorship program, um, I had someone email me um, during the holidays. I know it gets really tough for people with eating disorders. I mean, it was even tough for me at moments, and I've been in recovery for almost three years now. Um, so she messaged me, she was like, I'm not going to be able to take part in the mentorship program right now. My mental health is not at a place where I could be giving advice to other people. And my immediate response was, I need to call her. I need to help her. I need to do anything I can to make sure that she like makes it through this holiday season and at least, um, you know, focuses on some positives of it. And, um, so I called her and we talked and she's not in the mentorship program. We both decided that that wasn't the best for her. But she was so appreciative that I wasn't just, okay, we'll we're just replace you. It was more like, okay, we can talk about this. We can be open about this. We can share our struggles. There's no shame here. You can be as open as you wish. Do you ever, like, get the thoughts of, like, backtracking and going back to that point in your life? And if so, like, how do you deal with it and, like, stop those thoughts from um, overtaking? Actually, um, I do I do get them periodically, especially when I'm really, really stressed or something major is going on. And ultimately, that just shows you eating disorders are not about food they're not about wanting to be a certain body type they're at the core um it's an emotional issue it's your emotional response to certain issues that's kind of just like the blanket over it i would call it like a safety blanket some people go to certain eating disorder behaviors to feel a sense of relief feel a sense of control so sometimes I do get those thoughts when things are going crazy, when um, my life is not going the way I plan sometimes. And really, it's just like, I have certain um, unnegotiables, meaning I will not negotiate with my eating disorder. And that is something that I've said, and that's something that is so powerful for me. Like the second I get an eating disorder thought, I'm like, that is not my thought that is my eating disorder talking i don't associate with my eating disorder anymore that's where i draw the line i'm gonna do the complete opposite of what it just told me to do because when i think about that life and what i think about how i felt and what i was doing when i was listening to that eating disorder it's just that didn't bring me happiness that didn't that my relationships at the time were all broken that didn't bring me peace um, I hated my body. I never want to go back to that place. And sometimes it's difficult to have to think about, you know, where you were a couple years ago and have it be so um, like traumatic and horrible. But it's necessary so that I don't ever make any um, steps back to that place. So really just reminding myself, like, these are not my thoughts. These are just eating disorder thoughts and I don't have to listen to every thought that I have would you agree that self-affirmation is a big part of like continuing on your journey of healing Carla Nessa I am looking at post-it notes everywhere with positive affirmations right now they have changed (laughs) my life I write them every morning in my journal really just imagine like waking up And the first thing you tell yourself is today, I allow self-love and self-discovery. I'm going to release all the limiting beliefs that may come to me. Um, Fear is a feeling. It's not going to hold me back today. I'm going to be my best self. I'm going to be strong. I can do this. You know, 
that is so much that is so important to the when you wake up you change your mindset and to content constantly reinforce that with several positive affirmations throughout the day I mean you want to make sure that your brain is in a healthy place because if you were to wake up and you're like I hate my body my body looks so bad today um I'm so stupid I can't do anything that sets the tone for the entire day and sometimes when I'm feeling really bad I don't feel the most powerful I don't feel the most loving towards myself but having repeating those positive affirmations is like I am on a healing journey and I'm not going to feel 100% all the time because you can't have the good days if you don't have the bad days. So sometimes you have to sit in the stuck and remember your goals and remember that you know you're in this to become like the best version of yourself and having those positive reinforcements when you can't really reinforce yourself to sometimes is so important you know that is a really 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 good statement to make and you know I do agree with you on that statement that because you know I've just seen you, you you're so you're a peppy person and you just walk in and be like I got this I'm this I'm that like when I had chemistry with you last year Every time I was just talking to you, you would be, you could be completely unprepared for a test. Just walk in and be like, I got this. Or like, you can be unprepared for your day and be stressed or exhausted. And yet you're in the most positive mood, just trying to get through day to day. And you know, that's something I really do like about you. You have that strength in your character. And I think that is very much what makes you who you are and why you're perfect to lead this organization. And because you have the personal connection to it. And you're able to communicate that with others and continue to lead with a passion. 100%. And uh, I'm not that positive all the time. And I think that's really important that I address that because everyone's like, oh, you're so peppy. You're so, you always have a smile on your face. But I am 100% not embarrassed of the times where I'm anxious and crying and can't figure anything out. It's that I've learned that those moments are okay and that I know how to center myself and reframe my surroundings, reframe my thoughts. And at the end of the day, you do got this. You might feel like you don't, you know, I feel like I don't sometimes, but everything works out in the end, whether it's the way you want it or maybe it's the way the universe was meant for it to be. You know, everything I do, I want to repeat the cheesy phrase. Yes, I do believe that everything happens for a reason because if you're strong and you're doing the mental work and you're putting the work in to be positive and you're putting the work in to change your life and you're putting the work in to really have that healthy mental state, everything you want to accomplish, you will get done because you have the tools to get there. Wow. Just listening to you talk. I honestly needed to hear that. I needed to hear that because lately life's been kicking my butt. I haven't been so positive and hearing you talk is just, it's giving me the inspiration to think positive and look at life in a different perspective I promise you perspective is one of the most powerful things any therapist any any program will tell you you change your perspective on one thing and you can change your life um this morning I was out of blueberries and blueberries are my favorite fruit and I was very upset that I was out of them but instead of being so upset that my blueberries were out, I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe this gives me an opportunity to try something different, you know? Uh, I had these, like, old strawberries in the freezer that I hadn't used, and if my blueberries weren't out, that they would have gone bad, you know? It's all about finding tiny positive moments, finding tiny opportunities to really be like, wow, this this worked out, or wow, this this really isn't too bad, like, um, I actually recently traveled and we got stuck in line for two hours and it was terrible. It was cold. I hated it. 
And I turned around and I was like, hi, how are you doing today? To a completely random stranger. And, you know, we were talking and that made the experience so much better. And that's really about me trying to shift my perspective because the opposite perspective would have been, I hate this. I'm standing in the cold. Why is it so cold? Who on earth decided that it was going to be this cold today? You know, it's all about finding tiny little positive things in your everyday life. And I think I've learned that truly. Um, I do a gratitude journal. So in the morning, it's three things you're grateful for. And then at the end of the day, it's great things you experienced today. And some days, it's as tiny as somebody texting me that I haven't heard of in a long time or something, somebody commenting something nice tiny moments like that other times it's as great as oh I um, I went to my boyfriend's house today and I had a great time with him you know there is always something in your life that you can appreciate even when you see that everything is going wrong you know now that we've we've he- heard more of your perspective and more of the personal side of it let's now talk a little bit about your organization specifically um how do you see your organization going in the future? Like, where do you see it going? I definitely, um, one of my passions for this organization, one of my hopes for it was definitely getting into um, the school setting and working more directly with, um, you know, the, the students of our schools. I mean, I think we all experience, everyone listening to this, I hope um, almost our students, they've went through that ingenuity mental health whatever you want to call it and that really was I was shocked that um, they paid such little attention to eating disorders um, didn't have someone credited talk about it Um, really I want to work with that partner organization that I recently mentioned and I want to get into schools I want to talk to these people I want to host community events I want to expand I want to I want to do so much just to expand my audience as much as possible I think the message that we're spreading is you know combating a lot of the core beliefs that these people have and it's it's difficult to hear sometimes when you um, feel like there's no one you can talk to and you feel like um, stuck in this mindset that like you aren't supposed to be this way or you need to change something about you. And that's not true in the slightest. You don't need to change anything about you. And really just, I want to expand as much as I can, but definitely um, students and the youth population who their mental health, I feel like, isn't being addressed. I That's my priority right now. That's a good thing to stick with, too. Because I do feel like, on what you mentioned previously, I do feel like that we acknowledge the fact that mental health is a big thing, but not too many people go too in-depth about it. Like, in schools, they rarely have talks about mental health. You can be in a ment- in a health class, or you can see a counselor, or they can do, you know how Miami-Dade is doing this thing about um, where you would watch the videos for yeah. your mental health. Actually, I had um, something to say about that. Um, I was actually talking to my mom about it this morning in the car. Um, why would I have to be forced to watch videos on, um, like, gang violence and drugs and um, certain topics that really didn't relate to me? I feel like just there was so much information that didn't apply to me. Like, it kind of blockaded everything else. Like, it would be so much easier if it was like, okay, pick five videos that you can relate to and watch them. That that would be some form of um, improving the system. I don't think everyone should be forced to watch five hours worth of topics that don't relate to them. If their main concern is anxiety, okay, you can watch five videos on anxiety and you'll take away so much more from that than 20 videos on a bunch of other topics that you don't know about or doesn't apply to you. I feel like they really focused on, they focused on, for me specifically, watching um, those mental health videos. 
I feel like they focused on um, minorities a lot because most of the situations that they brought up were things that you'd see um, typically mostly like controversies within minority groups. So I feel like they weren't really addressing mental health specifically. They were addressing minorities and their way of claiming mental health has affected them. And that's why that was my biggest issue. With yeah, the I, I feel like they did nothing. I could see that. And specifically the eating disorder video was five minutes long. And it said one statement that it is true. It, it's true that eating disorders are not about food. They're about control. Um, it didn't preach any positive, um, ideal, like, you should be in tune with your body and fuel it property. It didn't preach the idea that, um, everyone's body is beautiful, regardless of the state. None of those positive things that really, they address the mental health issues that we're talking about. They, that would at least make the video somewhat better if you're going to say that eating disorders are not about food and they're about control, okay, that's one thing. But what does that do to someone who's struggling with an eating disorder and all they're dying to hear is that what they're going through, like positive things that they can try and reframe their mindset to? Yeah, but they weren't focused on that. They were just focusing on making sure that, okay, we're going to try something because so people don't say we don't care about mental health. When in reality, they don't care. I credit um, Mr. Munoz, which is um, the mental health counselor at Miami Lakes Educational Center. He really tries to get with the students. And I think he's a blessing because that is not seen anywhere. We don't see that um, in a lot of other schools. And I think that's that's one of the main issues. Mental health is not a funding priority on the school list right now. At all. Exactly. And I just feel like they need to be more aware that especially with a stressful time like this, a student who's stuck at home with an eating disorder, who their parents are probably working and they have to be in front of a computer screen all the time. They're stressed. They're exhausted. They have tests day day after day, like us specifically. We have tests day after day, um, things like that. They're so stressed. And the fact that they're dealing with something like this and that they don't, people don't acknowledge it. They don't acknowledge it all because of funding. That's just wrong in my eyes. What? 100% I mean being at home um I remember March April was so hard on me I'm a social butterfly I will talk to anyone for hours that's just what I enjoy I feed off of other people's energy and being forced into quarantine so fast I mean definitely that is a huge shift everything was a huge shift and it I there was a dramatic increase in eating disorder thoughts that I had trouble managing for a bit. I was I was really struggling to keep my mind happy, to keep my mind healthy. And if I was struggling, having been to therapy, having spoken to so many people, having so many positive reinforcements around me, I can't imagine someone who doesn't have that support system. And you know... As you're saying, that is so true because for me specifically, when I um when the first lockdown first happened and everybody got into quarantine, I have never thought that I would ever be one of those type of people to experience a mental breakdown. I never thought I'd be in that position because, you know, it's just not like on my agenda or I haven't been into something like this before. So the fact that I was just up at three in the morning and like my walls finally broke down everything I was feeling and I just couldn't control it I broke down I broke down I yelled I cried I I wanted to break things I just had to get it all out you get me yeah and the fact that I had my cousins who are very very supportive when it came to things like this because in a Caribbean a traditional Caribbean household it would be like there is no such thing as a mental disorder. There's no such thing as breakdowns. You either have to Yeah, we can completely address the cultural the cultural aspect. I come from a Hispanic household. 
um, the first thing my dad said in therapy was, um, how are we going to fix this? Is there medicine she can take? How long is this going to take? Yeah, and I just feel like they need to realize that it's a healing process. It's not something that just comes It is a goes. forever yeah. healing process. It is something that will affect me for the rest of my life. Mental health issues are something that reshape someone's life something that impacts someone's life so dramatically that it causes a complete shift in mindset for years after exactly i just think that more parents should be aware of this and they should acknowledge it in a way because when my parents found out because i had recently experienced depression i experienced depression about two years ago and the first time i experienced it you know it's something very personal to me experienced it because I went through a certain situation and I just felt like I hated myself at that point in time and like I tried I really did try because I didn't want to tell people about it I tried to get um I tried to like tell my parents and acknowledged it and then they would say little comments that made me just not want to just made me want to shut them out even more it wasn't until some of my friends actually noticed a shift in my personality yeah a shift in who I am they were like you're a little more I went through this little goth phase right through that right I didn't like being around people I mean I'm very friendly but unless I knew you I'd talk to you but after that I didn't like talking to people I didn't like being around social environments I just wanted to be alone in my room just dealing with it myself because I didn't have anybody to talk to until like I said my cousins were very supportive so they really they sat down with me because I had gotten to one of my lowest points and then my parents finally realized how bad it was getting. Then they called my cousins because they're people who are just very supportive and, you know, I'm willing to talk to them about anything. So they had a conversation with me and they were just very supportive through my process. And, you know, every now and then I have little triggers, but, you know, it's all about self-affirmation, as you said. It's all about the healing process. Like I, every day to myself, when those negative thoughts come to me, I'm like, life gets better. You can't hate life because of everything, because of a situation that happens to you. Life sucks, but you know what? You have to move on. You can't be stuck in that moment forever. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your mental health or your physical health. This too shall pass. I love, I love that one. And, you know, that's such a big thing for me specifically. That's why I really wanted to sit down with your organization, because I feel like what you guys are doing is really helping a lot of people. Yeah, I I mean, I'm really proud of us for how um, far we've gotten. I'm so excited to, you know, grow further. And um, referring to the, the cultural aspect of it, I think that that's not talked about at all. It is. Like, um, I'm sure you guys have heard the stigma that only um, rich, white, skinny girls are people who struggle with eating disorders. And that is, oh, God, I hate, I hate even saying it out loud because it's not the case at all. You can't look at someone and determine that they have an eating disorder. You can't assume anything based on somebody's body. I mean, everyone's body is beautiful everyone's body has can be healthy health doesn't have one size or one look I think that's people that's something that people don't understand a lot of the times and I've had um you know issues with certain family members or certain friends where they've said something that completely goes against my ideals completely goes against everything I stand for and I'm like hold up let's let's take two seconds to address that that's not true that's not how you should consider your body um, you know, give it some respect, or when they make a comment on like somebody else's eating, which it bothers me the most. It's like, hold yeah, up, what does their plate have to do with your plate? Yes, it, it's done yes, so many 100%. times. In, like, Caribbean everybody, Avenue everybody's body really has well. different needs. You can't determine. You don't know what her body needs. You can't make a comment on her plate just because. Her body's needs doesn't match your body's needs. That's not how we do things. Exactly. I feel like the stigma around um, around like Hispanic and Caribbean parents is that 
for them, they look at themselves as providers, right? I provide you with the house, with a roof, with food. What more do you need? What causes you to, to go through these things? Yeah. And like, they don't understand that. Yeah. And um, sometimes it's not them. And sometimes it is them. And they have to be okay with it. I mean, my mom, um, I don't think that she had much cause on my eating disorder at all. But she was in there putting in the work. She went to therapy with me sometimes. She listened to the therapist. Um, everyone had to do major self-reflection, major growth, you know, to create those environments and to showcase um, the environment that to a bunch of the, our other family members, like, hey, this is this is what you need to be doing for your kid. Like, you need to be paying attention to this stuff. And that's not just for eating exactly. stuff. That's for everything i feel like parents are too occupied with the title provider like one thing i want parents to really acknowledge is the fact that your children did not ask to be born you chose yes. to have children so yes. the baggage that comes it's important to be supported. exactly the baggage that comes with having a child and if your child is going through something as big as an eating disorder which can lead through multiple things like specifically people with anorexia that can kill you or bulimia they're very is, they're, I, they can kill you if you don't I put it in a position say that any eating disorder is a slow version of suicide and it's something that my therapist told me exactly. because that's exactly what it is if you do not get out of it somehow mm-hmm. you're you will die because of it and that's just the end of it exactly and parents need to acknowledge the fact that eating disorders, mental health disorders, things like this exist. And there's there are things that can tear your life apart as parents and they will tear your child apart if you don't do Yeah, it. I mean, parents should see mental health issues as, they shouldn't be like, oh crap, I messed up because my kid has a mental health problem. They should be like, okay, what in the environment caused them to, what are their thoughts? Um, how can I help them? What do they need from me? Yes, you're providers, and I'm so grateful to have a roof over my head. I'm so grateful to have food on the table every day. But, you know, um, parenting, in my perspective, surpasses that um, provider phase. It's really about, you know, caring and nurturing for your kids. Nurturing is so important. And actually, I was talking about it yesterday in therapy. She was like... um, you might have you might struggle with like being alone um i know it's something that i struggle with a lot like being alone in my own time being alone in my room being alone with my thoughts is like a struggle for me and she was like well if you didn't grow up nurturing like alone time if that wasn't a thing that was taught to you you're obviously going to struggle with that and that shows like yes parenting has like a huge effect on how we manage our issues and that's the point why parenting needs to address those issues because it's, you know, it's reinforced ideals that we grow up with. We spend 18 years reinforcing. Exactly. And I feel like parents shouldn't think, they shouldn't think that, oh, they can quickly rush and change everything. You can't have one conversation with a child and expect their eating disorder to change or the mental health to change. That's not how it works. That's what that's a lot of the things how my parents yeah. thought my process with healing from depression. That's kind of how they thought it was gonna go. They thought if that one conversation that we held was going to be enough to help me through it, it really wasn't enough. I had to consistently do yes. little things to occupy my mind. So I wouldn't put myself back into a compromised position. I wouldn't remember. I tried what to do whatever I can to avoid remembering yeah, the bad times. Um, reinforcement is so important. And I'm really proud of you for like being able to make those steps and make those decisions on your own. Because ultimately, it's your mental health. Like You're not going to have people supporting you 24-7. Like you, it's you and your brain at the end of the day. And you really got to take care of it. Exactly. So, you know, that's kind of why I got into the position with activism in a way. That's kind of why I wanted to do this series too. Because I just feel like we need to speak out against things that we believe in. Mental health is a strong, very strong thing for me. Like, and I've seen it. I've seen so many kids 
turn from this happy, peppy person into someone who who's scared of her own shadow. I had this one friend. I consider her one of my closest friends. I used to tell her anything. But she used to suffer alone. And nobody realized that she was suffering except me. Because I was so close to her that I can tell right. when things were off. When little things yeah. would change. And I'm like, you're not the same person I met. What is going on? So it took a while before she felt comfortable enough to tell me her situation. And hearing the fact that she was depressed, she wanted to kill herself, things like that. And she would literally give me little scares. And, you know, I just wanted to be that one person that would help her through it. Yeah, um, I've definitely had a bunch of my friends struggle with mental health disorders, too. And it's it's. It, it's draining sometimes and that is okay because we love them and we care about them and we we do everything for mm-hmm. them um and really we've become each other's support system support is so so important it's one of the things one of our main ideals for the reclaim movement is creative creating a supportive system you know just instagram posts that somebody may have a bunch of negative accounts followed or put on their feed or they um they look at negative images every day and just see that our post that one post like hey it, it's gonna be okay you you don't have to think like this you this isn't how life is meant to be exactly and i feel like that is such a good thing for me specifically reading your tweets and not tweets your instagram posts I'm like, this is such a good thing for people who are really struggling and can't deal with this on their own. As you said, support is one of the key foundations of healing. It's something that will help you get through your biggest struggles, your biggest insecurities, all your issues. I just feel like everybody needs to have that. Maybe even if you don't have yeah. a big support group, that one person that's there for you, that you can call whenever. Because with that friend, she could call me at two in the morning and crying, telling me what's wrong. I will yeah. be there. I will listen. I will be up. I'll listen. I will help you through it. That's just how I am because I don't like seeing people struggle. I don't I, like struggling is a part of life, but at the same time, there's a difference between struggling and a difference with it just being your yeah. mind torturing you. I, yeah, I love that. Exactly. So that's just how I see it. I feel like as a person, with um severe social anxiety that's why i'm like i'm a little quiet i don't know if you've noticed i barely talk but as a person with severe like social anxiety i tend to like go through things alone like this even with cardi like there's certain things she's like oh my gosh why didn't you tell me and i'm like uh i was scared because i have an issue with talking to people and i'm extremely shy if i don't know you or if I'm not comfortable with speaking with you, and I feel like social anxiety is not really talked about. Like people meet me and they expect yeah, me um, to like be social. I and fully talk get that. Um, I know I can be um, intimidating sometimes. Um, specifically, um, with like more introverted people, I'm a very extroverted, very, very. Let's talk about your life story. Let's let's be friends. <laughs> And I, um, I've actually recently um, had to symp- I've learned to sympathize with people, um, with who you know don't share the same um, ideals with me, don't share that same like drive or power to talk to people, and I completely get that. Um, we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. And that is definitely something that, you know, you can grow from. It might be something that you have for your life and that makes you unique. You know, it's all about how you interpret it. Of course. Yeah, most definitely. As Jules said, like, you know, sometimes I can be having a conversation with Jules, even though we've known each other for like almost two years now. The conversation sometimes, like, I can... I'm. Melanie knows me. I'm a very talkative yeah, person. We had chemistry. Me and you, very, Mr. Very Gonzalez is like, separate, please. <laughs> exactly. He literally told us to separate one time because we're just talkative people. Yeah. That's just who we are. And I like to be friends with everybody. So Melanie saw me and was like, hey, can I borrow your notes? Hey, can we study together? Hey, this, hey, that. And I'm like, I already like her. 
like melanie can be a lot sometimes oh but yes that's just, like, i am a she lot is. like she's very and people friendly. say i'm a handful my god i am a moving truck sometimes and that's definitely something exactly. i'm learning to grow through you know control myself everything doesn't have to be 150 percent all the time but you know we're all in that process of you know see that's something i strive to be because in gonzo's class you can ask cardi i was the one that'll suffer in silence <laughs> and like have a mental like a mental battle with myself should you raise your hand? Should you ask a question? Should you not? Like, I'll be suffering inside. It's confused. And I, because I will be so shy to ask the question, I'll just wait till after class. And I'll ask Carly, like, oh, my gosh, did you got the notes? Like, I need help. Yeah. And, you know, I would always try to, you know, I'd always push her a little. Like, come on, Jules. Sometimes we yes, need that, that little push. Sometimes for anything. You know, you will not grow in your comfort zone. You will not grow if you're not uncomfortable. And I say that all the time because I'm in a state where, yes, I'm uncomfortable most of the time. But I know that this feeling is only temporary and that the things that make me uncomfortable now will not make me uncomfortable in a couple months if I continue to, you know, work on myself and prioritize them. And that's something that can be applied to so many different things. Exactly. And, you know, I try to put, I am putting Jules out of her comfort zone right now. Because when we first started, <laughs> thought of creating a podcast, she was like, I can't speak to people. You know how I am, Cardi. You, you know I don't like people. Yeah. And I'm like, you can do this. Like, I, you can do this. I know you can do this because I have met you. I have known you to a point where I know that it's all in your head, but, you know, you can get through this. So when we, so basically, while we're on this episode right now, she was texting me and she was like, Carly, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, talk. Yes, I was. I was extremely nervous because I didn't know how to like if approach not only you, but like different people. Because like, not because you're intimidating or anything. It's just like yeah. a, a defense mechanism that I have that if I don't really know a person or if they, if they don't like give me the vibe that I like how I act like a free spirit you gave me like a professional type of vibe uh, like okay I am 100% a free spirit I would call myself at least I'm trying to be a free spirit I do have moments of extreme perfectionism and um, trying to make sure everything goes right but really I'm just on that process like hey it's okay you can still accomplish your goals if you don't stress yourself six hours a day you're still going to get there. It's all about getting there and making sure you get there to the place you want to be um, while maintaining your mental health and maintaining your happiness. You shouldn't sacrifice those things for anything. Exactly. So, Jules, you know, we're trying. I'm Growth, baby. We're trying. Growth. Okay. I'm going to keep trying to make friends. I mean, we... To talk more. Like, she'll be in a class, she'll be in a class with, like, uh, six, 50, 20 other people, right? And out of the whole class, she know, she doesn't talk to not anyone. She'll wait until after the class, knowing that I have the class the very next day, and be like, Carly, help with my homework. And that's perfectly okay. I mean, we all have our, <laughs> yes, we all have our things, and that's, you shouldn't be ashamed of it at all. I mean, it makes us who we are. Exactly. You know, I'm perfectly okay with it. But it's like sometimes she'll just text me inside of that class. And I'm like, how am I yeah, supposed to you help guys you? I'm in a whole other class. Like you balance each other out. <laughs> I'm the hyper one. I'm the very friendly person. She's the chill <laughs> one out of us. Yes. Yeah, but you know, that's what makes our friendship. You know, to be honest, we weren't even friends until we were forced to work together. Yes! Oh my gosh, that's the funniest story ever. Like I had, she had to literally force oh, that's, me to that's talk. That's funny. I remember. Um, definitely made a lot of friendships through group projects. <laughs> I hate group projects, but definitely, I've met a lot of people like that. Us too. Trust me, I felt uncomfortable because you know I'm doing most of the talking and she's just staring at me. <laughs> Honestly. 
I'm the type to be like, okay, yes, I agree, and just one word. She said three words until I mentioned Cardi, and then we got it, and then the Latina in her and came out, and we had a good conversation. Yes, I like how girl. much you can have in common with a stranger. Everyone has something in common. Exactly. Might be difficult to get out at first, but definitely um that that should help. Try to find any piece of commonness if you guys go to the same class maybe start talking about the class and be like okay what do you do outside of class i'm 100 sure you can resonate with something that they say yeah but anyways thank you so much melanie for being on this episode this has been very informative and it's been kind of like a venting session for me i got to get out things that I held in myself. Yes, definitely. Thank you, guys. No, seriously, yeah, thank definitely. you for um, inviting me to do this. This was really, really, um, I, I love doing this stuff. I love talking to you guys. This is, you guys are doing great things. 